Our reading this morning is from Colossians 1, verses 15 to 23. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Let's pray. Lord God, would you by your Holy Spirit, reveal the truth and the treasures from your word this morning. Lord, may we be open to hear what you have to say to each one of us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be uh, with you. I hope you've warmed up just a little bit. I promise you the heating uh, is on. Um, We're continuing, as Sarah Jane said, our series on Colossians, our Thanks Living series this morning, uh, looking at this amazing letter. And it's a letter written by Paul in about 60 AD during his imprisonment, probably in Rome. And the church Paul is writing to is embattled and conflicted from within as it's full of false teachings that were corrupting it. Ideas from other philosophies and religions had made their way in and distorted Christian truth. And so Paul is trying to teach the first century church, and by default us today, that everything we need is in Jesus Christ, that Christ is enough. And this passage is full to the brim with essential foundational truths about the Christian faith and who Jesus is. Um, But to some then, and to many people today, it all remains a bit odd, a bit weird. They don't understand it or they don't have a view of the Christian faith that leads them, or they have a view of the Christian faith that leads them to distrust or count people out, much like in um, the comedy sketch that we saw just now. And it may be just a comedy sketch from a comedy show, but do we know people, for whatever reason, who are uncomfortable with our faith 
in Jesus Christ? Or are we in some way unsure about our own faith because we struggle to find the words to explain it to people? Or are we someone who is thinking, well, I don't know what I think. What is this all about? About Jesus being the firstborn over all creation, the one who created everything and is the beginning. I don't need anyone to have supremacy over my life, thank you very much. I control my destiny. I find peace and contentment and joy and love in, in many different places, but certainly not the Bible. And that voice, doesn't it, seems to be a particularly dominant one that we hear in these days. Well, here in Colossians chapter 1, Paul sets out his case. Here in these few verses, we find one of the strongest statements about the divine nature of Christ found anywhere in the Bible. And so perhaps if, you, if you're happy to, to hear me out or you'd like reminding about who Jesus is, his authority, his power, his creating and creative nature, his once and for all and complete, total and convincing victory over death and his boundless, limitless, never-ending, deeper than you could ever think possible love for you, then don't go anywhere. You're in exactly the right place. Paul tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, not just equal to God, but that he is God. He's the exact representation of God who not only reflects God, but reveals God to us. The Greek word for image here is icon, and it expresses two ideas. The first one is likeness, as in the image on a coin or the reflection in a mirror. And the second is a manifestation with the sense that God is fully revealed in Jesus. And there's another Greek word that Paul could have used if he just meant that Jesus was sort of a bit similar to God. But he uses this stronger word, icon. And so Paul is telling us that Jesus is God, just as the Father is God. Paul is saying that, Paul's saying that God is invisible here doesn't just mean that he can't be seen with human eyes, but that he's unknowable. However, in Jesus Christ, the unknowable becomes known. And so, if we as Christians can't get a little bit excited or a little bit animated about this stuff, if we um, forget to tell our faces that our hearts are really excited and on fire for Jesus, if we can't get riled up about the resurrection or excited about eternal life through Jesus, then I wonder who will. And now, of course, we all express ourselves in different ways according to our God-given personalities. Some of us are loud and outgoing. Others of us are quieter. But how are we making our faith in and love of God, surely the most important dimension to who we are, visible? Last week, Simon posed some questions for us. He asked us if we wanted to be part of a church that is serious but joyful about the gospel, about Jesus. He asked if we wanted to be a church that wants to see lives saved and lives transformed by the good news of Jesus. And I think quite a few of us said yes. 
And so church, let's make it our priority. You know, particularly when things feel heavy and uncertain for so many of us to discover or to rediscover our Savior Jesus as the true image of God. Jesus as God and Jesus who makes the unknowable known. You know, what might we need to put down or put down for a time in order that we might step into the fullness of relationship with God and the calling that he's placed on us to know him better and to serve his world wherever we are? How are we serving him and his church? How are we serving our relationship with him today? Because in Jesus, the unknowable God becomes known. And if that wasn't enough of a theological mic drop for us to wrestle with and take in, Paul reminds us that Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Jesus has all the priority and all the authority of a firstborn prince in the king's household. He came from heaven though, not the dust of the earth. And he's completely holy and has authority to judge the world. And so if we don't believe that, then our faith is probably a bit hollow and ultimately meaningless. And I don't know about you, but I haven't really got time for meaningless stuff. I'm determined to pursue purpose and meaning for my life as long as I have one this side of heaven. But there are so many demands on our time so much of the time. When was the last time we took a moment to wonder at or with Jesus at his power and authority? Because his is the authority that won't let you down. His is the kind of authority that carries integrity and won't deceive. He is holy and in him fullness dwells. Going back to um, a bit of ancient Greek, which I I know we all love. Um, The the Greek here used for firstborn in our verses is prototokos, um, which can describe either priority in time or supremacy in rank. And Paul most likely has um, both ideas in mind here, with Jesus being before all created things and Jesus being of a supremely different order than all created things. And so there's no doubt here that Jesus is the author of all creation because he himself is not a created being. There was no time before which Jesus, as part of the triune, three-in-one God, existed. And so every time we wonder at our marvellous, glorious world, we worship and we honour him. We might not marvel at what's happening in the world or to the world, but we can stand in awe of the world that he created. And it's also a world that he sustains and everything holds together because of him. If you zoom out into our galaxy and the rings of the planet Saturn, um, they're about 500,000 miles in circumference, but only a foot thick. I just find that pretty awesome. Um, If you kind of zoom back in right inside the human body, 
uh, and if you th- think about a single chromosome, which again I know you often do alongside your ancient Greek, um, but if you look at a single chromosome, that contains 20 billion bits of information that if written out in books would take about 4,000 volumes. That's just one chromosome. Jesus is the author of all of that. He's also the firstborn among the dead because he was raised from death to life and his resurrection proves his lordship over the material world and the promise of scripture and God's promise to us is that all who trust in Jesus will defeat death and rise again to life to love forever with him. Jesus is the Lord of all. He had the last word over death and sin. And he surely deserves first place in our lives. Christ's death provided a way, the way, for every single person on this planet to come to God, free of the sin that prevents the fullness of relationship with him. And so I wonder this morning, is there... Or has there been some distance between you and God, the author of creation and our Father in heaven? Either because you you know him and and somehow, in some way, you've, you've stopped putting your faith first in your life. Or maybe you felt discouraged and burdened by all that's happened in your world or in our world over the last two years or so. Or maybe because you don't know him. And you think maybe he doesn't want to know you. Or maybe it's because you just never knew that the one who created you actually existed. Let alone wants to know you more than anything. You know, culture often tells us not to bother. Often the message we hear is to live in the here and now and to live for you. Um, Some studies have been done over the last six or seven years that even suggest our attention span is reducing and we're unable to engage in any meaningful task for any length of time and and certainly not on a deep and meaningful level. Um, More recently, that's begun to be disproved and there's one particular doctor of psychology suggests that actually our attention spans are very much task-dependent. Um, This particular doctor, Dr. Gemma Briggs, says, we've got a wealth of information in our heads about what normally happens in given situations and what we can expect. And those expectations and our experience directly mould what we see and how we process information in any given time. And so I wonder if you dare this morning to raise your expectations. Do you dare to raise your expectations of what God might want to say to you or do for you, to show you or reveal to you? And if your answer might be yes, then there's good news. God is ready to meet with you. And you don't need to conjure up or manufacture some earth-shatteringly huge experience or atmosphere or situation to meet with him. The leader of Soul Survivor Church in Watford, Mike Pilavachi, said this. He said, most of us are wired to hunt for the spiritual in the spectacular, while often it's found in the ordinary and the mundane. 
We've boxed God in to speaking impressively and missed that he prefers to speak lovingly. God whispers because his priority is intimacy and not entertainment. And so I wonder if you want to raise your expectations of what God might want to do in your life, but also in the life of this church and this city, this diocese and this nation. Do you want to meet with God afresh and respond to what he might be saying or calling you to? You may face situations that frustrate you or confuse you. But each one of us has the opportunity to be in relationship with the living creator God. And we have that opportunity because where we were distant from God because of our sin, Jesus transferred that sin from us to him and reconciled us in order that we could be completely blameless forever. And that's God's saving work in and through Jesus. And I think it's something for us to get a bit excited and a bit joyful about. And so I wonder, what is God lovingly whispering to you, his child, today?